This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Apple is headhunting engineers away from a bunch of automotive companies. Bloomberg reports that in just the past few weeks, Apple hired people from Volvo Cars, Daimler Trucks, Karma, Cruise, and Joyson Safety Systems. Apple is developing its own autonomous car and has a test fleet of 69 modified Lexus SUVs. And as we've reported before, it's part of Apple's Project Titan, and the goal is to hit the market in 2025. Reportedly, Apple still hasn't decided if it wants to sell AVs to customers or only offer robo-rides. As we said the other day, this chip shortage is going to last longer than originally expected because the types of vehicles automakers are coming out with, connected, electric, and autonomous, need more chips than your average car. So Ford is teaming up with semiconductor maker Global Foundries to expand chip making and R&D into future needs. Ford will use the boost in chips to supply its current lineup, while the R&D will focus on new chip designs specifically for ADAS, battery management, and AVs. GM is also trying to deal with the chip shortage, and rather than just secure more chips, it's working to slash the number of different chips that it uses in its vehicles. GM President Mark Royce says they want to reduce the number of unique microcontroller units they use by 95%. We reported recently that Volkswagen would be coming out with a number of new vehicles for developing markets that are based on its MQB platform and powered by internal combustion engines. Well, here's the latest, the Slavia, which was designed as an India-specific model. Styling of the sedan is very similar to other MQB-based vehicles, and features Skoda's signature grille on the front. The interior is clean and simple, with decently sized digital display screens that include all the latest tech. Powertrain offerings will also look familiar. A one-liter three-cylinder engine with over 110 horsepower is standard, while a one-and-a-half-liter four-cylinder with about 150 horsepower is optional. They can be paired to a six-speed manual or automatic, or a seven-speed dual-clutch transmission. The Slavia is being built in India and will be shipped to other markets as well. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. Mobility is becoming electric, connected, and autonomous, just like the manufacturing world but will always be one thing, a reliable partner for our customers. When electric vehicle production was small, it made more sense for automakers to buy EV components from suppliers. But now that volumes are increasing, more automakers are bringing that production in-house. Mercedes will start building electric motors at its plant in Berlin that currently makes diesel engines. It will spend over 100 million euros over the next six years to convert that plant. Unions play another role in bringing production in-house. Automakers with unions need to bring work in-house to try and offset jobs that will be lost since EVs are easier to make. And speaking of EV production... Ford CEO Jim Farley says they're aiming to become the second largest EV maker globally in the next couple of years. 
Ford now expects to build 600,000 EVs worldwide annually by the end of 2023, and that's double its original plan. And once Ford expands its EV lineup and boosts manufacturing capacity, Farley says the goal is to become the largest EV manufacturer in the world. Brightdrop, the electric van startup from General Motors, is filling up its order banks. Merchants Fleet, a big fleet management company in the U.S., just ordered 5,000 of Brightdrop's EV410, a mid-sized commercial van. That comes on top of the 12,600 full-size EV600 vans it already ordered. And as we've said before, commercial fleets will be some of the fastest adopters of electric vehicles. Their trucks run on the same routes every day and return to the same yard every night. So it's easy to size the battery to the route and have a place to charge it. Moreover, fleet operators are keen to cut their cost of ownership. And since EVs don't need tune-ups or oil changes, and since their brake pads last longer thanks to regen braking, and because electricity is far cheaper than gasoline or diesel, that TCO, or total cost of ownership, looks mighty attractive to a lot of fleet managers. Some EVs have frunks, some don't. Some have dinky frunks, while others are gigantic. So what's going on here? Well, let's do some industrial anthropology. If an EV has a big frunk, that means it's built on a dedicated BEV platform. Any Tesla, the Hummer EV, and Lucid Air are good examples. With a dedicated BEV platform, automakers have greater packaging flexibility. The one exception is the Ford F-150 Lightning, which has the biggest frunk of all, even though it's on a traditional platform. That's because body-on-frame, full-size pickups have enormous engine compartments. And so when you yank out the big lump of a powertrain, it leaves a gaping hole that is perfect for a frunk. Some cars with dedicated EV platforms, like Volkswagen's MEB, the Mercedes EQS, or BMW i4, don't have frunks at all. And that's because their BEV platforms are actually modified ICE platforms. So their electric cars can go down the same assembly line as their piston-powered cars. And then there are EVs like the Jaguar I-PACE or Mustang Mach-E that have small frunks. They also use modified ICE platforms, but the engineers were able to leave enough room to squeeze in a small frunk. So when you look at a frunk, it's telling you the strategy the automaker used to make it. And that's our AutoLine Insight. Hey, remember those concepts Buick teased for the Chinese market last week? Well, here they are. And soak it all in because the GL8 flagship concept previews its next-gen MPV styling. 
It's a very sculptural design with a cascading trapezoidal grill, very distinct upper and lower section, and a large glass roof. Buick revealed it will also have a, quote, relaxed autonomous driving experience, so likely Super Cruise. But it doesn't say what will power the next-gen GL8. Now let's shift over to the SmartPod concept, which is meant to be a way to travel from point A to point B in luxury. It's built on the Altium platform, so it's electric and autonomous, and almost looks like a cross between a futuristic work van and a shuttle. The side doors slide open to reveal a retractable 50-inch display screen, and AI and intelligent voice commands will help keep passengers connected to their daily lives. Well, it looks like if it were up to a lot of you, BEVs would take a clean sweep of the NACTOY Awards. The finalists for Car, Truck, and Utility of the Year were announced yesterday, so we asked you who you think will win. And the Lucid Air, Rivian R1T, and Hyundai Ioniq 5 topped a number of lists, and for good reason, too. They all seem to be really nice vehicles. But if anyone is going to take down the electrics, it's going to be Ford. The Maverick pickup and Bronco got a good amount of votes, and with the amount of buzz surrounding those vehicles, it's not too surprising to see them get some love. This year's finalists seem to be much more compelling to me than in the recent past, and I'm actually excited to see who takes home the top prizes in January, which I don't know that I've ever said about a Knack Toy Awards before. That brings us to the end of this show and this week. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you have a great weekend. AutoLine Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey, Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game, Scheffler, we pioneer motion, and by Magna. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.